Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. We have Sports Canada. I'm your host, Swim Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors mustered a... 86 to 81 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yes, I know that is the final score. That is not the score through three quarters. That's not the score through the halftime of a, a game involving the Washington Wizards or something. That was the actual final score for the Raptors as they took down the Minnesota Timberwolves. And, um, whew, I mean, <laughs> a win is a win. And, um, I think maybe you can highlight some more positives. Because it's a win, because if the Raptors had lost this, which it looked very, very real that the Raptors could be losing two in a row to Minnesota and getting swept on the season by Minnesota, uh, it looked possible, and there were some real dire moments, especially involving my guy, Utah Watanabe, who, it's tough, man. Uh, it's tough. It's, it's a damn shame what happened to Utah Watanabe. Um, but... Yeah, the Raptors pulled out the win. They had a uh, really, really strong fourth quarter to um, to get themselves back into the game because, I mean, there was a cold spell of all cold spells. I mean, look, we've seen the Raptors have this issue this season where they go through these stretches where they can't score at all, right? Three-minute stretches, four-minute stretches, five-minute stretches. We have not seen the Raptors go 10 straight minutes without scoring a single basket. And that's what happened tonight. The Raptors went 10 minutes. The final 8 minutes and 30 seconds of the third quarter without a single field goal. They had, I think Aaron Baines split a pair of free throws for their only one point. 
in the last eight minutes of the third quarter. And then they went the first two minutes of the fourth quarter as well without scoring before Terrence Davis broke the the uh, the, the cold spell with a three. And TD had a lot of... Um, he, had a, he had three baskets in the fourth quarter, including two free throws at the end to clinch it. Um, but it, it was just awful to see the Raptors um, struggle that much offensively. Look, I think you would anticipate the Raptors struggling in this game. You know, the, the line coming into this game, I don't really watch betting lines. I don't really do betting, but um, the line coming into this game, Raptors were favored by three, which you would think, well, come on, it's Minnesota. They're 7-23. and 23. Their last win was against the Raptors, but literally they lose every other game. Um, the Raptors have just beaten the Bucks two, twice in a row. Why would the line be so low? The line is low because the Raptors were playing their third game in four nights, and there were short two starters. So Kyle Lowry was out. We knew that. He had a thumb injury that kept him out um, of the second half of the uh, the Bucks game and then uh, the second game in the Bucks game as well. And then OJ Anobi was rested. Um, he has just returned from that calf injury. Uh, played 27 minutes. It's a back-to-back. They rested him. Okay. I'm, I'm a little curious to see... What is the uh, prognosis of that injury going forward? Because, you know, hopefully you would need OG. <laughs> the Raptors need OG available, okay? This is one of those times where you see when he doesn't play, it gets real ugly. Um, you know. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, you could anticipate the Raptors are going to struggle. But it didn't look that way at the start. Mostly because Minnesota just couldn't hit a single three. Like, it was comical to see them miss. Like, I think at one point they were like 1 of 17 from three. And, like... Not just like a standard one of seventeen. It's like, oh man, you know, guy, you know, shots just rimming in and out. Guys getting a little tight, whatever. Like, no, we're talking about like bricks. Like, it's like if Giannis took seventeen threes, <laughs> that kind of one of seventeen from three. It was like guys missing air balls and like you just rushed Ricky Rubio doing a little side shuffle into a three, like awful. And honestly, Rubio had their only three in the first quarter, so it's not even their fault. But um, they were just looking bad. Meanwhile, the Raptors were getting. Pretty easy offense. Like, it was pretty clear what the Timberwolves were going to do. They were going to send double teams, hard double teams at Pascal Siakam, deny him in the paint. They're going to send a second defender, usually in the, from the center position, from either Towns or Nas Reed, uh, against Siakam while they put their, their best wing defenders. And they honestly do have some pretty lanky wing defenders. Um, you know, I don't really know them too well because I don't watch Timberwolves games like that. Uh, but, you know... You know, some of these guys were pretty long and athletic, and and they were pressuring Pascal quite a bit. Um, but the Raptors were still able to make good plays. I thought Bembry made a, a, a few really nice cuts to get to the basket. Um, Norm was hot right right from the start, start, and then Fred was fine-ish. Fred was really really tough in this game. It was not he had the best plus minus, which is kind of unbelievable. But he took some terrible shots. He was four of twenty. Um, you know, so. Yeah, it's uh, it was tough, but the Raptors started out really well, and they had a 17-point lead. Um, even the second quarter, when the Raptors really started getting cold offensively, the Raptors were still in the game. I mean, they only lost that second qu- quarter by three points because the Raptors um, were doing a pretty decent job defensively. That third quarter, though, that's when the Raptors really started falling apart. Um, again, the Raptors went the final eight minutes plus without a single field goal, which... Uh, is going to hurt you. And then meanwhile, the Raptors started getting pressed offensively, started taking bad shots against the Timberwolves team that, yes, they did defend, they defended quite well tonight. I definitely won't say they didn't because they absolutely did. But at the same time, you know, um, the Raptors could have had some better possessions and whether it was Pascal driving it against two guys or Norm driving and getting stripped or Fred taking hero ball shots, like, 
you know, it, it's just a lot of possessions that they didn't really need. They were compounding their own issues. And then on the other end, the Timberwolves were just playing really well off the Raptors' turnovers. I mean, um, you know, they got guys like Jordan McLaughlin, who, again, I mean, I do know who that is because I, I remember Kyle Lowry putting like, no, that was a different game, actually. But whatever, I've seen this guy before. Uh, he was actually quite nice. Uh, he he was really he, he was really sensational. I felt like the Raptors should have g- uh, given Ryan Saunders a thank you message or like a, maybe like a box of chocolates after this game because um, he, his decision to bring Ricky Rubio back into the game to replace McLaughlin was one of the main reasons why the Timberwolves lost momentum. But McLaughlin was killing them with the pick and roll, getting inside, uh, setting up teammates, essentially being a TJ McConnell type, uh, and he was. Uh, he was causing a lot of havoc. And meanwhile, you got guys like Jake Lehman who hit two threes. Some other guys started hitting some threes. Nas Reed did a couple of things in the paint. And the Raptors found themselves trailing. And they were down by eight points, which honestly, eight points is whatever. It's three possessions. You know, that's nothing, right? But at the same time, eight points when you only had 58 points to start the, third, the fourth quarter. Let me say that again. The Raptors had 58 total points scored by the time the fourth quarter started. Eight points feels like a lot because eight points, uh, at that point, I didn't feel like the Raptors were going to score eight points the rest of the game, <laughs> let alone just make the comeback. But um, the Raptors did play much better in the fourth quarter. What Nick Nurse did really well in this game was obviously his his, his troops are real tired, shorthanded. He ran with his first, you know, his first unit was okay. They were really okay. I mean, really it was okay because Norm Powell was sensational, but it was okay, right? Um, the issue was when they brought the bench in and literally nobody off the bench brought anything. Um, this is, so the first five guys that Nick Nurse brought off the bench were Malachi Flynn, who was the backup point guard, um, Aaron Baines, who was the backup center. Uh, Pat McCaw, who returned after uh, missing the last... I mean, the last game he played was pre-pandemic. This guy played in that Utah Jazz game. You remember that game? He played like 40 minutes, defended really well. He had like two points, but he had a great plus-minus. And I remember all the Raptors, you know, going to the bat for Pat McCaw and saying, this is why we love Pat, you know, and stuff like that. And he was really good in that one. Did a good job defending as well. Um, But, you know... McCaw came into the game after not playing since March 9th of 2020. He got a standing ovation from his teammates. That was sensational. However, when he came in, uh, you know, you, you were reminded of the fact that, oh, yeah, there was there's a lot of people who didn't like McCaw's game. Not him personally. No one has an issue with him personally. But a lot of people don't like his game because of what he did tonight, which was just be completely invisible at the guard position. Um Matt Thomas came in as the as the backup shooting guard behind Norm. He got two open looks, you know, and he missed those, and then he was benched. Like, literally nothing. Like, the Raptors' first crop of reserves gave them six total points. And four of those points were Malachi Flynn, who got a mid-range jumper to fall, but otherwise he was just jacking up bad shots. You know, a lot of times, you know, possessions had to end with him, whatever, but jacking up bad shots, nothing like what he was doing in the G League. I mean, the Timberwolves are essentially a G League team, so, you know, I thought Malachi would handle this a little better, but apparently he didn't. Uh, again, I can't blame him, though. This is, like, his fourth game in three nights. Uh, <laughs> so, can't fully blame him there. Baines, you know, split a pair of free throws, or uh, split two pairs of free throws, so he was two of four. So, those are your other two points. That's it. Those were all your total bench points. And so, the Raptors had to go elsewhere, and the start of the fourth quarter, Nick Nurse decides... Screw it. I'm going to go with the only other two guys that are really there. I mean, Paul Watson didn't play, but I guess Nick really doesn't trust Paul. Doesn't only He only ever plays garbage time. 
Um, so Nick goes to Stanley Johnson and Terrence Davis. The two of them played 11 minutes for Stanley, 12 minutes for Terrence Davis. They played the entire fourth quarter, and Stanley only came out a couple of times for offense-defense possessions. Um, and and honestly, it was an inspired move by Nick. Um, you know, I won't give him too much credit because um, if he had known that this was what's going to happen, he probably would have put him in their, his original rotation. But Nick definitely saw that his bench was giving them nothing and went to the other two guys left. And those guys stepped up. Like I said, Terrence Davis had 11 points all in the fourth quarter, three threes, including the go-ahead three off a nice pass from Pascal. And I'll talk about that in a second. But TD breaks the streak with two catch-and-shoot threes. Uh, Stanley was really good defensively. He allowed the Raptors to switch, which is generally what happens. Like when he basically is the small ball center, the Raptors have to switch a lot more. And, but what that does is when you're switching, you can contain the dribble penetration. And that was the real issue the Raptors had defensively was they, on top of the fact that they couldn't score anything whatsoever, they just couldn't prevent the Timberwolves from getting into the middle of the paint and then kicking it out and making plays that way. There's a lot of drive into the paint, kick out, swing, drive, or, or shoot. And the Raptors just had a really difficult time containing that middle penetration. Plus the fact that whether it was, well, Reed to a much lesser extent, but especially with Carl Towns, the Raptors just had such a hard time guarding him because he could operate in the post. He can shoot the three pretty well. It was tough. So the Raptors needed somebody to come in with the versatility. And quite honestly, Baines, as much as he gave the Raptors nine rebounds, and Boucher, I mean, Boucher, obviously he's, he's really great half the time. The other half the time, he, I'm not really sure what's going on. But, you know, when those two are having a night like that, you have to go with your third option. And Stanley came in and gave them great minutes, really, really great minutes. Um, you know, cut off a, a backdoor pass. The, the the Wolves are trying to go backdoor after the Raptors are overplaying Car Anthony Towns. Stanley got in there, broke that up. He was using his athleticism to, to bring the ball up to floor quickly, make plays. He just plays at a really high pace. And sometimes, you know, it's not necessarily you have to, play make because you're Steve Nash, you can keep the dribble alive, you can go along the baseline, you can throw these great passes. Um, sometimes it just needs you just need some real pace to just like get into the, your your offense really quickly. Stanley does a really good job of doing that. He plays really quickly and you know he he should have he should have had a point. He should have she should have had a corner three. Uh, he ended up stepping out of bounds uh you know but you know Stanley was really good and in his minutes I think he was really pivotal to the Raptors being able to play the type of defense that was necessary to make the comeback. And honestly, you know, it was just the main guys. Like, eventually the Raptors are going to bring back Norm. They're going to bring back Fred. They're going to bring back Pascal. And those guys came in and all did their part in terms of keeping the Raptors in the game. So I thought, number one, Norm, his scoring was super, super vital throughout the course of the game. He hit a catch-and-shoot three from Pascal uh, as part of the Raptors' comeback push. He got, uh, you know, he drove into the lane in transition got two free throws, shot the two free throws, made the two free throws. You know, Fred got the Raptors into the bonus. That was the Timberwolves' fifth foul. Fred shot two free throws. Uh, Norm also drove in transition, got all the way to the basket for a layup, which was pretty impressive considering the Timberwolves had some pretty big wing defenders out there, but Norm just shoved them out of the way, essentially. Just drives right through them, and he's always able to finish strong at the basket. Uh, And then he had another play where he drove hard, got to the layup, Missed the layup, but Pascal was right there for the follow-up. So, honestly, that is largely on norm. I mean, the, the points go to Pascal, but the initial drive is what collapses the entire defense. Pascal following up that play with the follow-up layup. And then Norm setting up Pascal for good, driving in, 
dumping it off to Pascal in the dunker spot for the dunk after Pascal pump faked his defender. That got the Raptors level at 81, 81 all. My goodness, the, the absolute uh, state of this, this, this game of basketball being played between these two teams. But yeah, the Raptors were tied at 81 all entering the final minute. And that's where the Raptors just needed to execute. And this is the thing. In the other game against the Timberwolves when the Raptors played, the Timberwolves already showed that they have no experience playing in crunch time because they lose every game. So, like, they're, wh- I mean, what are you drawing from, right? Um, and in that game, even though the Raptors were playing like hot garbage, especially for the second half of that game, kind of like the, 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 the game tonight, the Timberwolves did everything in their power to try to give up that game. You remember that game, right? The Raptors had made that play, then the, the Kyle Lowry dives in for that steal, and he's like on the ground, and then DeAndre Bembry dunks it and one, and then they get, and, they, and honestly, the Timberwolves should have lost that game too, because Pascal Siakam had a wide open layup at the basket, and he just bricked it, right? So it just rolled off. So really, the Raptors should have won that game. So the execution down that stretch was, I mean, you can't say the Raptors executed great because Pascal missed, but the Timberwolves choked then, and today, it came down to the same situation, and once again, the Raptors were just way better at executing their their, their their game plan um, in the final minute with the game tied as compared to the Timberwolves because you look at what Minnesota ran, right? So after, I don't know if they called timeout or not, but they specifically went to Malik Beasley um, for when, with the game tied. And I think it was off an inbound play, so it must have been, uh, it, it must have been off a timeout, but they went to Beasley and the Raptors, first off, Nick Nurse made a really good smart play. He started going offensive defense with Terrence Davis because even though Terrence is providing a lot of the scoring, can't trust him to defend. So the Raptors put in Bembry for some of these possessions. But the Raptors basically understood exactly where the Timberwolves are going to go. Um, they had Fred on Beasley. And what they tried to do was they met into Beasley. Beasley gave the ball back up to Ricky Rubio. Uh, then they got Carl Towns to set a screen off the ball, getting Beasley coming over and hopefully either getting an open three or driving inside and maybe probably dumping it back down to Towns. The Raptors did a really good job of not switching on that play. They had to do a lot of switching throughout the course of the fourth quarter that really got them some good offense, but they did chose not to switch. So there was no mismatch for Towns. And instead, when Beasley tried to come around the screens from Towns, Fred trailed him very, very closely. And so Towns, um, moved on the screen and uh, clipped Fred, hip-checked Fred, and Fred fell to the ground. That was called for uh, offensive foul because it rightfully was, and that gave the Raptors the opportunity to come back and go ahead. And what was neat about that play was, like, two possessions before that, Towns set the exact same moving screen on Fred. The the play, I think, went back to Towns, and Towns got an open three, and he missed, but there was no call that time on the moving screen. And so Towns tried the second moving screen and this time he was called. So that's a turnover. The Raptors got the ball. And so the Raptors on their end, they run the offense through Pascal and Fred in crunch time, which is exactly what you would expect. Pascal is working a pick and roll this time with Fred screening that the goal there was to try to get a smaller guy for Pascal to drive and attack again, very standard stuff. You see this all the time. And what the Raptors, what the Timberwolves instead did was they went really under the screen, so they really wanted to resist the switch. Um, and so Pascal still drove though, but that gave, when you go under the screen like that, you give a, a, a large runway for Pascal to attack into. And Pascal took that space and drove, not necessarily to score for himself, but because he read the play beautifully. Because what happened away from the main action of that pick and roll was that you had. Terrence Davis camped along the baseline, right? At this point, offense, defense, he comes back in for Bembry. 
Davis comes in, and he's along the baseline, and he's getting guarded by Anthony Edwards, who, again, this man committed a real crime towards Yuta Watanabe, okay? I, you know, don't even want to make jokes about it. It was, it was terrible. But uh, is a rookie guarding Terrence Davis, and Terrence was camping on the baseline, and as Pascal started making his move towards the left side of the floor, Davis made a quick cut away from the baseline up to the top of the floor. And Stanley was also in that corner as well. So it was actually not great spacing overall, but it was really good movement by Davis to clear out and to curl up to the top. And what that did was, A, that little bit of off-ball movement caught the Timberwolves by surprise. I think, you know, a rookie like Edwards was probably ball-watching against Pascal. Um, And then also, the Raptors just executed well around it because this is one thing the Raptors have done really well this season is off drives, they really do a good job of using whoever's in the dunker spot to screen for whoever is in uh, line for the pass for the jumper. So this time, Stanley was able to set a screen for Davis. Now, it was a bit of a mix-up. I watched the tape. It seemed more like Stanley thought Davis was going to cut to the corner, which is probably the more intuitive play. Um, And so Stanley was trying to screening with his positioning, trying to get free to the corner. But nevertheless, you know, Davis curls up top. And then Pascal drives in that same way. So they kind of crisscross. But what Pascal does is not only does he find Davis for the pass, but Pascal, his momentum is carrying him towards the baseline. So he goes all the way through the baseline, which essentially created almost a second screen for Davis to get a little bit more separation as Edwards trailed on the play. And what made what made that play so great was that that's pretty much what Kyle Lowry has done forever, right? I mean, the most obvious and, and famous example of this is when the Raptors, um, you know, Fred and, and Kyle Lowry swarmed Chris Middleton in Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals. This was during the 26-3 run. This was points 25 and 26. Uh, the Raptors got the turnover. Kyle Lowry's dribbling the ball up the floor. And then he assesses his options, and then he dribbles in, he turns around, sets up, you know, Kawhi on the trailer. And what Kyle Lowry does on that play is he turns, and he uses his body to shield and screen for um, Kawhi so that Giannis can't fully jump and meet Kawhi at the apex. I don't know if it would have mattered, but, he, you know, that, that little tiny bit of uh, screen by Kyle Lowry gave him almost a little bit of an extra assist as Kawhi obviously went for the dunk. It's, that's, it's it basically that move that, pa- that Kyle Lowry has done over and over and over again. Pascal did a version of that. Got Terrence, Terrence the open look. And Terrence, you know, he had been red hot. And, and credit to him because he was ready to play. He didn't obviously factor into the original rotation. But when he came in, he was ready to play. He was ready to shoot. And he scored 11 points in the fourth quarter. And, and you know, he was the majority of the Raptors' offense in the fourth quarter. So the Raptors made the comeback. You know, the, you know, the Timberwolves go the other way. You just kind of felt like once the Raptors had the lead, they weren't, they weren't going to surrender. Like, Timberwolves went back to Malik Beasley. Fred, once again, great defense, trailing Beasley. Beasley got a contested look off. He missed it, and the Raptors got the rebound. Terrence, you know, got fouled, went to the free throw line, hit two more, and the game was over. So it, it was a good win. It definitely was a good win. An ugly win because the Raptors only scored 86 points. <laughs> but listen, I, I'll take it because the Raptors are now 500. They're 15-15 and 15 on the season. Um, it's kind of a remarkable um, push because the Raptors obviously were 2-8 and eight to start the year. It's, it takes a lot. It takes a really big effort to come back from 2-8, and eight, but that's um, that's what the Raptors do best, man. They love making comebacks, and the Raptors made a comeback tonight. Of course, you could say, well, you shouldn't need to make a comeback against the Timberwolves and whatever, but 
um, the Raptors did it. They, they fought through these difficult circumstances and um, they lived to fight another day. But, you know, there are some actual, you know, in terms of other takeaways from this game, I mean, I thought the center position is such a weakness for the Raptors. I've said this a million times. I thought against the Bucks, it wasn't as big of an issue, mostly because the Bucks were playing like Brooke Lopez and stuff. Like, the, honestly, the Bucks two centers that the Raptors saw were Brooke Lopez and Thanasis like, Adenakumbo. Like, you know, it wasn't that big of an issue against them, um, surprisingly. But, um, yeah, it was a little tough. Obviously, without OG, that puts a huge stress on the starting five. Nick Nurse went with Chris Boucher, mostly to guard Towns. Did not work out whatsoever. Towns was bullying this man. Boucher didn't have a single defensive rebound. It was bad. And then when, when, when Baines came in, I mean, the offense just completely died because no one is guarding him, and that allows Timberwolves to just camp a center out at the basket, which is a huge deterrent for your scoring, especially when you're tired. And, and honestly, none of the guys off the bench were executing. So um, it's tough. It's tough. And the Raptors obviously found the solution with Stanley, um, essentially replacing OG in the starting five. Uh, but, you know, is that going to work all the time? Probably not. It worked against Timberwolves tonight, absolutely. But um, is it going to work against, I don't know, the Raptors' next opponent is the Philadelphia 76ers, who they play twice. Joel Embiid is a leading MVP candidate. Right, he's he's right up at the top with like Jokic and LeBron and some of these other guys, uh, Steph and whatever. But I mean, <laughs> I'm very interested to see how that goes. I'll just say that much. I'm very very curious to see how that goes. But listen, the Raptors, that's fine. They can live to fight another day. They're at 500 once again, and honestly, they're playing some good basketball. Really, they they have. I mean, the you know the two Bucks wins were sensational. This win was less than sensational, but. I don't care, man. As long as they get the win, I don't care how they get it. They got the win. That's all that matters to me. So, um, it's a good result. It really is. Hopefully, OG is ready to go for uh, the Philly game. Philly has played really well this year. They're 20-10. and 10. They're first in the Eastern Conference. You know, truthfully, I don't know how much better they are than um, previous years because... I do feel like the roster isn't that different, and they did have a lot of, like, you know, absences due to COVID and things like that, so it's hard to judge them, just like it's hard to judge any other team. just feels like they're clicking a little bit better this year, but I do know how the Raptors generally match up with the Sixers. The Raptors played the Sixers pretty well last year. Obviously, that large part of that was Marcus Gasol holding Embiid, um, you know, largely scoreless. Um, this year, not so much. The one time Embiid played, Mark uh, Embiid just destroyed him, <laughs> and the Lakers as well. Um, Mark did along with uh, LeBron push uh, Embiid on a dangerous play at the basket, and that led to pass, uh, Embiid developing um, back injuries. But um, I don't know, man. Embiid is uh, – he, he just had a 50-piece. So, uh, you know, how bad is that back injury really? So, uh, you know, it's 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 going to be a little tough for sure, and I'm very curious to see how Nick Nurse handles it. Obviously, they're going to double-team the post, as they always do. But, um, you know, the, term, the the Sixers do have more shooting around them this year. Um, Seth Curry's there. Danny Green is there. You know, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. And also, honestly, it'll be interesting because it'll be Danny Green's first time playing the Raptors. Um, oh, actually, it won't be in yeah at, in a home game for the Raptors. Now, granted, this is Tampa, but Danny only played the Raptors once last year. Um, that was uh, oh yeah, he went scoreless. <laughs> um, he went scoreless. That was in um. Los Angeles when that happened. The Raptors played the Lakers once again, but that was in the bubble, so that doesn't count. And I think Danny was scoreless in that one as well. 
Um, last game, the Raptors played against Philly. I don't remember if Danny was there, but it was definitely in Philly. So this is the first time Danny has played a home game for uh, against the Raptors um, since the, the championship. So I, I'm curious to see if the Raptors actually give him his ring or if they wait. I'm not really sure. It'd be a little strange to wait because it's been like two years now. But um, nevertheless, it's... Uh, It'll be good to see Danny again. Again, it's it's always good to see anybody from the championship team. Uh, ex- maybe except for Jeremy Castleberry. Anyway, so in terms of your three stars for the Raptors tonight, the first star obviously goes to Norman Powell. 31 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 10 of 19 from the field, 6 of 10 from 3. This guy had half of the Raptors' threes, 5 of 5 from the free throw line. Uh, it's just a sensational night. He was o- one of only two players for the Raptors' entire team, and the Raptors played 12 guys today. He was one of the two players for the Raptors to shoot better than 50% from the field. It was him and Terrence Davis who shot 3 of 5. So um, that, that that shooting guard position was was crucial tonight. But Norm, honestly, was sensational. Uh, I, I, you know, the, the, the extra push he gave when he came back into the game with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter, um, was just enough to, to, to sustain the offense. Uh, in terms of your second star, getting that to Pascal, and you might say, why are you giving to Pascal for 10 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists? I'm just telling you, yes, the Timberwolves sent extra bodies at him and basically refused to let him get anything, which, by the way, it, it's really shocking to me that literally the Timberwolves being coached by 34-year-old Ryan Saunders put up a better defensive effort against Pascal than Mike Boonholzer, the Bucks, and Giannis Antetokounmpo um, in two games. But in any case, Pascal didn't have it offensively. You know that's absolutely true. He got blocked a few times. It wasn't great, uh, but I thought his playmaking was good. Didn't force his offense. You know he could have launched more jumpers because the Timberwolves were kind of inviting him to shoot. He didn't do that. He did create for others, um, including on the game-winning play where he, he was like crucial in making that happen. But it was defensively. Pascal in the fourth quarter, because Stanley came in, Pascal became um, the primary defender at the basket. He, he had to help the most at the basket. And Pascal collected three blocks all in the fourth quarter uh, as part of that Raptors comeback push. And two of those blocks directly led to transition baskets for the Raptors. So Pascal, uh, for his defense tonight, he was sensational. And I thought his defense was really good against the Bucks as well. But um, yeah, Pascal, I mean, he, he, he really... He really held it down defensively, and that made up for the fact that, you know, he didn't really provide, you know, his usual efforts offensively. Um, and then the third star, you got to go with Terrence Davis. You really do. I mean, he hit the game-winning shot. What, do you, what more do you want? I mean, the fact that he had 11 points off the bench, that was double what the rest of the bench provided. The rest of the bench had six total points. Terrence hits the game-winning shot. Um, you know, he hit two threes before that. He hit the three to break the Raptors' cold stretch. Got the two free throws at the end to clinch it. Um yeah, so you, uh, you those are your three stars. I believe it's the first time those three guys have gotten stars in that kind of combination uh, this season, but it's been a weird combo. I mean, you know, Nick Nurse is playing on a new starting five every game, right? There's a small ball group with Bembry. Now this is Chris Boucher with Bembry. Um, you know, they've had many iterations of Baines in there. Uh, I mean, you know, it's 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 been a weird, weird season to say the least, but... Uh, you know, the Raptors are finally back at 500. So there's your Gerald Henderson award winner. That's has to go to Jordan McLaughlin. This guy was sensational. Um, Beth McLaughlin, sincera, like he was, he was, I mean, what, 11 points, seven assists off the bench. You, you got to really like apply like a U.S. to can, like Canadian dollar to U.S. dollar, like, um, 
conversion factor into these stats because in a game where the Timberwolves only scored 81 points, for a guy to score 11 points and have seven assists on top of that uh, was sensational, and he was great. Ricky Rubio, I thought, was really struggling in this one, um, wasn't able to hit jumpers like he did against the Raptors the first time around. And, yeah, Nas Reed was – or not Nas Reed, uh, McLaughlin was – was pivotal, so um, good for him, I guess, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, he was honestly hard to stop, I mean, listen, I think some of that has to do with the fact he was going up against a rookie with, um, you know, Malachi Flynn, who, you know, just genuinely kind of struggled tonight uh, in, in almost all aspects, uh, and, you know, maybe, uh, I'm, I don't know, it's hard to, it's hard to be too disappointed because I do feel like it's so hard this season for rookies to really adapt. Um, but after watching the, the G League performances, I was a little bit disappointed only in the sense that he was doing a really good job at the G League level. I don't think he's uh, translated any of that success to the NBA level outside of that one game against the Kings. But, um, you know, I, I do know he's better than this. So don't write him off just yet. But, yeah, he was he had a hard time. He had a hard time with Jordan McLaughlin. So. Um, those are your three stars. That's your game against the Timberwolves. The Raptors win. They're back at 500. And, um, yeah. So, we'll, we'll get a day off. Thankfully, the Raptors get a day off. They get to return to Tampa where they consistently disappoint. And, um, we'll see how they do against the, uh, the, the, the Sixers who, I mean, listen, Embiid had 50 points. <laughs> it was his career high. He might have another career high coming up. So, uh, we'll see how the Raptors handle that, but it, you know, it, it could be a bad matchup. In any case, uh, thanks everyone for listening. I really appreciate it. The uh, thankfully on my part, the um, the slander pod curse is over because literally every single time me and Asad did a slander pod last season, the Raptors would go on to lose the next game. It was looking that way this time around as well, but the Raptors rallied and uh, they got it done. So, thanks everyone for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, and I'll be back on Sunday to recap the first of two games between the Raptors and the Sixers. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.